0: Powering what's out there right now, keeping us moving forward, keeping this community together. So thank you for everyone who supported and everyone who's gonna support. We appreciate it. Okay, describe to me our surroundings.
1: <laughs> well, we've got a Ross, a Trader Joe's, an LA Fitness, what looks to be a very large parking garage.
0: Ashley, our producer for the diaries, and I are standing outside a small, old brick building with an incredible column stretching from the center. It's got large letters illuminated all up and down the sides, and it says Mike's Chili Parlor in bright lights. And a less kind way of looking at it might be like, it actually kind of looks like a giant middle finger flicking off the big square boxes of American retail that surround it. This is my old neighborhood, Ballard. And It has changed a lot in the last 10 years. We left before most of those changes happened. Everything around Mike's feels very, very new. Walking into Mike's, though, it's like walking into a scene from Stranger Things where Hopper gets a drink at the local watering hole. Journey is playing on the radio, and it's not ironic. Look, I am not one for bemoaning change. Change happens. And Ballard has changed, not because of some horrible corporate entity or distant evil politician. It's changed... Because, well, because of me and a lot of other people, like tens of thousands of other people, who thought this little neighborhood on the north side of Seattle was pretty damn cool, with its hole in the walls like mics and tiny breweries and small music venues. Corporations and developers, they followed us here. And while we bemoaned the death of the authentic when the Sunset Lanes bowling alley got plowed over to build apartment buildings and retail space that stood mostly empty because no small business can actually afford it, As a population, even though we've complained about it, we were doing something else with the money in our wallets. We were going to the corporate hamburger joint that could afford the real estate. The reality is, there's what we think and feel, and then there's what we do. And a lot of times, those two things, they're in opposition. Mike's is a perfect example. Every time I drive by Mike's, I think I should go before it goes away. And yet, I never have after all these years. Ashley pointed out that I should probably change that, and so we did. I don't even like chili all that much, but there's something inviting about the place from the outside. And when you step inside, it feels completely comfortable in what it is. On Friday night, the people there, they clearly seem to know each other, and that's pretty darn cool.
1: It feels authentic. (laughs) Cool. It doesn't feel like it's trying
0: (laughs) very hard. hard. (laughs) I was going to say too
1: hard. (laughs) It's not trying too hard or very hard. Oh, man.
0: I love the idea of Mike's Chili, but I don't support it. And I bet if you paused and you thought about it, you'd probably have your own version of Mike's Chili. Maybe it's a business or a not-for-profit or a community group, even a quiet natural space that you love, but you haven't gone to in years. For the outdoor community, there's a place, or a kind of place, I'd say, that falls into this category. I'm gonna give you some hints, see if you can guess. Okay, when you were starting out, on your outdoor journey, you wandered the aisles and looked up at the gear. You imagined where you would take that gear and where that gear would take you. You peppered the person behind the counter with questions about the latest skis or good ideas for weekend adventures. They patiently answered your questions. You gathered with friends to watch slideshows and stories about faraway adventures, and the place inspired you. Maybe you or your friends even worked there, reveling in low pay, pro deals, and working alongside those who shared your passion. You relied on it because you realized that if you needed a last second item before that big trip, you could just run down there and grab it right away. It was always there. Welcome to your local gear store. As the outdoor industry and number of people interested in climbing, backcountry skiing, trail running grows, it would stand to reason that for mom and pop gear stores, business should be booming. And yet, it's never been harder. Today, producer Ashley Langholtz brings you a story about a classic gear shop in the heart of Ballard, the community that grew around it, and what happened when it went away. Sometimes there is a second chance. I'm Fitzko Hall, and you're listening to the Dirtbag Diaries. (laughs)
2: That sound on that door has been the same for as long as I've been working with them. And so when I hear that, it's almost like an immediate effect of like, oh, the door's opening. And you know, when I hear it, it's instantaneous. But I have all the years that I've been there of hearing that door opening and opening and opening and closing, opening and closing. And every time you hear it, actually, it's always followed by, hey, how's it going?
1: This is True Allen. He's worked with the scent Outdoors off and on for almost a decade, on the floor talking gear with customers organizing events, handing out cupcakes, building partnerships between the shop and the local climbing gyms, and marketing. Through that door, he's seen first-timers and local legends. In that Ballard shop, adventures were born, each starting with that creaky wooden door.
2: Coming to these stores, everything's just jam-packed in there. There's so much gear, and I love just walking in there, and I always relate it to a candy store because it really is something that I walk in there, I'm just like, oh my God, what do I want? You know, it's like there's so much stuff in here. I need this, I need that, I want that, I want this. Like I'll go to the ski wall and I'll see something that I don't know anything about and I'll just ask any of the staff and they know all about it. Like, I'm always learning something new every time I go there, even though I work there. It was just basically a special shop. There was no other shop like it.
1: Seattle has a big outdoor community and a number of really awesome shops in town. Ascent Outdoors was one of them. It was a staple. It had been in business for over 20 years and created longtime customers with events and clinics, a reliable selection of new and used gear for the backcountry user, a prime location, and an awesome staff. Maybe you've got a local ski shop or bike shop that's like this. So when the shop suddenly closed in April of 2019, the community was shocked. No going out of business sale, no farewell party. No, it's not you, it's me text. Just a note taped to the door reading, Dear Ballard community, we will miss you. Ascent Outdoors is no longer open for business. Thank you for your support over the years.
0: I was on a ski trip uh, up at Rogers Pass with a bunch of friends, and somebody like, almost casually mentioned, did you hear that Ascent Outdoors was closing their doors? It was like the record scratching off the record player, like, wait, what, excuse me?
1: This is Jason Zabriskie, a self described gearhead who lives walking distance from the shop. He and his dog Pablo were regulars. The same shock Jason felt echoed through the community as the news spread. No one saw it coming, not even true.
2: A ton of people sent me text messages asking me what happened to Ascent Outdoors. And it was news to me, literally, it happened overnight um, and kind of an unfortunate situation. And so, I was pretty bummed. It kind of felt like somebody had died in the family. In
1: 1993, the shop began as a general used sporting goods store named Second Bounce. In 1996, Greg Shaw bought Second Bounce and slowly traded out the bouncy inventory with gear for backpacking, camping, climbing, backcountry skiing, and biking. He changed the name to Second Ascent in 2001 and moved the shop to a highly trafficked area of Ballard. In 2014, Greg kept the Ballard property but sold the business, which was renamed to Ascent Outdoors in 2017. A lot of people still use Second Ascent and Ascent Outdoors interchangeably like the way you might still call a high school friend Tony, even though he decided to be Anthony in college. Shops like this are familiar, like a childhood friend who was always up for adventure. It's a little wonder why True referred to it as family.
2: I love it. I love how down to earth it is and how unassuming it is when you walk in there. You don't feel like people are judging you. You know, like I'll walk into the other shops around town and I just don't feel like I'm cool enough to be in there. And um, I walk into Ascent say hey to the peeps, and then I walk around to the corner to the little nook that they have with a couple couches and make myself a cup of coffee and do some work. It's just a really down-home, kind of neighborhood shop feel without feeling pretentious.
1: Ascent Outdoors kind of stands out, like a pro shoes in a nice restaurant. The shop sits on a street with gold lights in the trees that reflect off windows filled with leather boots and pine-scented candles and house cocktails. The neighborhood didn't always have this polish. Ballard first developed around the timber and fishing industries. It sits along a ship canal that connects the city's inland lakes to the saltwater and shipping lanes of Puget Sound. Although thousands of boats still pass through the locks each year, the neighborhood today is less timber and fishing and more farmer's markets and date nights. Ascent Outdoors was one of the few businesses that seem to hold Ballard's grittier history in place.
2: With Seattle's growth and change and the aesthetic of the shop at Second Ascent or Ascent Outdoors is becoming uncommon, you know, that feeling of dirt bagginess. Like, I remember the first time walking in that store and being like, oh, all right, this is pretty modest. It's one of those things when you walk into the store and you look around and your, your eyes are totally going to the apparel or, like, the gear or, like, the... Antique equipment on the walls, you know, it's like your eyes don't go to the floor, but when you go to the floor, it's like Wow, when was the last time this carpet was replaced, you know, (laughs) and On the used side, there's like a crawl space that goes underground I have seen it open before and I've talked to Greg about it when I was working there and he's like, "Uh uh-uh You don't want to go under there. probably find a skull in there or something <laughs> some toxic chemicals yeah.
1: <laughs> the shop was like a clubhouse with little treasures, quirks and remnants of the past The people who worked there were like gear wizards who had years and years of collective knowledge and happily shared it
2: people who work in shops they have this certain personality about them because they're so... Involved in gear and they're so involved in the lifestyle, and so they have these personalities that are so fun to hang out with. I'm almost nervous to bring up some conversations because I know, you know, it's like a saying that I always use is like you ask somebody what time it is, and they'll tell you how a clock works, you know, and I think that these people have this unlimited knowledge on so many things about where we live and the things that we can do outside and the gear that they sell.
1: Ascent Outdoors wasn't just a place to shop. It was a place to get together and to learn.
2: And I remember the first big event we had. You know, the store kind of had clinics here and there, but it never had what we would call an event where a presenter with a big screen. The first one that I can remember was Kyle Miller, pretty prolific split border here in the Northwest and super wily cool guy, kind of a, a nomad as well. But his story was just so cool because he he was living a dream that we all kind of secretly hope we can do or want to do someday. It was like summer, so it was sweltering in there. But we had people lined up all the way from the shoe wall in the back of the store all the way out to the door. It was a huge event and uh, even Kyle was pretty blown away.
1: When the shop suddenly closed, that clubhouse closed. True started thinking about how to get it back.
2: I was talking with my buddy Matt and we wanted to get some gear for our trip and it occurred to us that we couldn't just go down to the store and buy a can of fuel. We'd have to make this whole day trip across town and battle traffic and battle lines. So actually it inspired us to start thinking about, hey, why don't we start a small shop just for these things because it was apparent that we were feeling this hole that the shop left when it was gone.
1: True wasn't the only one thinking that. Jason was thinking the same
2: the second i heard the store closed
0: i was like who out there is going to save this place like there's got to be somebody in this town who wants to save this shop like we all can't just let this go i mean i even was like you know probably not very seriously but in my head going what can i do like is there a way i could pull together enough funds to make something like this happen or bring enough people together where we could bring this thing back on i never pursued it seriously but it was certainly something that like bounced around in my head. I was constantly hoping that somebody would bring the shop back to life.
1: After the break, we'll hear about the shop's unlikely second chance.
0: Support for the diaries comes from ketone iq as i've been getting more and more into longer runs and bike rides i found myself fighting with my mind as the miles extend i feel like my reactions get slower and i make more mistakes like tripping or falling or just kind of feeling slightly out of sync descending on the bike on those big days i've been using ketone iq to help my brain keep fueled and sharp i want to have fun not bonk here's the science ketones already exist in your body when you push up against your boundaries, your body begins to convert stored fat into ketones, which your brain prefers consuming. With Ketone IQ, I feed my brain so my muscles can use the glucose I get from whatever else I eat on the trail. Riders of the Tour de France have been taking the same approach. I am definitely not as fast, but I can apply the same thinking. Give it a try. You save 30% off your first subscription order at ketone.com backslash Diaries. Once again, that's ketone.com backslash Dirtbag Diaries. The link is in the show notes. Please check it out.
1: For almost two months, people like True and Jason hoped and wondered whether the shop would open again. But it was a local guide and gear shop owner, Sandeep Nan, who set the plan in motion. Sandeep moved to Seattle in 2014 from India. When I came here, I, I just fell in love with Washington. It was amazing to me. I love greenery, I love water, I love mountains. So all, all of those things were there started go on hiking every weekend. So first year was just, I didn't know anything about mountaineering. And I would like hitchhike with a uh, co-worker at Amazon because I didn't have a car. Uh, Hiked through, you know, some, through hiking in, in the Olympics and got picked up from the other side after four days. Sandeep started hiking and backpacking more and took a few courses with the mountaineers, which led to climbing and mountaineering. In 2014, he started the guiding company, MiR Adventures, named after the Miyar Valley in the Indian Himalaya, where he did several first ascents. In the valley, he realized he wanted to create opportunities for others to get outside, and to challenge themselves and build camaraderie. In 2016, he started a small gear shop to support the guide company. He was looking for a bigger space, so when he heard that Ascent Outdoors had closed, he saw the opportunity. He bought the shop. It reopened in July of 2019. With so many people coming every day, and thank you for reopening the store and wanting to shake my hand, and just so many people just coming in and showing all the love and support. So, yeah, that was, that was amazing. The community had their gear shot back. There was, as the Seattle Met magazine put it, a citywide fist pump.
2: Their headline was Ascent Outdoors is Back from the Dead. And I kind of thought it was a morbid kind of headline, but it's true. I like Sandeep a lot. He's a great guy. I wouldn't call him a savior, but he is the right man for the job. Really open-minded about what needs to get done to bring the community back, to bring the shop back,
1: The shop closing was a gut check for the community. The previous owner filed for bankruptcy and hung a note on the door reminding us all that these places aren't guaranteed. And they don't just live on high fives, but also on sales. The internet makes it easy to find the best deal. And that puts a lot of pressure on smaller community-based businesses. With so many options, the reopening of a scent Outdoors is a chance to see if there's still room for the local shop.
2: When the news was announced that the store was gonna reopen, I had such a flood of friends coming to me, texting me, calling me, is it true? Is it really happening? And you know, they'd, and I'd tell them yes, and they'd all reply similarly, like, oh, all my money is gonna go to the shop. Oh man, I'm so stoked to have it back in the neighborhood. That's where I'm going. It's been a few months now, and I kinda hope that people maintain that promise. And when it boils down to it, it's not just about getting the best price. It's really trying to keep the special place and shop around. And it makes me feel even better because I don't even have to think about where my money's going because it's, it's obvious where it's going, you know, <laughs> getting new carpet someday. <laughs> yeah.
0: Then when we actually spill stuff on the floor and we clean it up, it actually helps clean the floor. <laughs> because that section's now a little
2: cleaner than it was. Yeah, exactly.
1: For now, the old carpet stays. The shop feels largely the same as it did before it closed. Sandeep hired a lot of the same staff back. The store is stocked with new and used gear. The crash pad benches sit next to the books written by local guides and authors. They've packed the place for events. The ski shop is up and running, tuning and waxing skis and fitting boots. The same wooden door still squeaks to begin each visit. Recently, I went to the shop looking for boots for an upcoming mountaineering trip to South America. For the climb, I needed warm, double or plastic boots. For the most part, they're not necessary in the Cascades, so most local shops don't carry many options, if any. But one of the staff, Sarah Armstrong, said they might just have some old rentals hiding somewhere. And no kidding, she said they might be in the hole, underground. Narnia, I thought. Or maybe the upside down.
0: So just watch your step.
1: You guys weren't lying. And that is quite rickety. There you go. So it goes, yes. it goes all the way back. In the back of the small space, there was a pile of mannequins, plastic life size bodies lying on the floor. <laughs> and there's like empty mannequins, and it's oh, yeah. so like, it is sort of terrifying to see just like oh. figures of bodies. And if you body, we uh, came back up and closed the door and laughed. I didn't find any boots of my size down there, but I found a little of the shop's magic. I hope it sticks around. where I take the deepest breaths. It's where the air is fresh. I can feel it in my soul. It's a good place to rest. It's where I call my home. It's where I raise my kids and where I die when I get old. More specifically, I'm living on an island in the Sound. You gotta take a boat so it's protected by the moat. Just a hop and a skip from the city. It's a short trip. All right,
0: so where are we?
2: At Crystal. At Crystal. What are we doing? Skiing.
0: Do you have anything to say to everyone who listens to the Dirtbag Diaries?
1: Happy, Happy holidays.
0: holidays. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Music today from Ken Christensen, published with The Quest. The tracks are courtesy of Free Music Archive or the artists themselves. Jacob Bain and Nise Koto composed our theme song. You can find links to the artists at our website, dirtbagdiaries.com. Thank you, True, Jason, and Sandeep for sharing your story. We really appreciate it. This episode was produced by Ashley Langholtz, Cordelia Zars, Becca Call, and me, Fitz Cahal. You have been listening to The Dirtbag Diaries. Thanks for tuning in. Everyone together. Happy, Happy holiday and people stay away cuz they think it always rains. And that's fine. That's fine.